0: My name is Phaedra Aldridge, and we're kicking off season four of Look Again, Mental Illness Reexamined. This is a podcast about mental illness brought to you by the BC Schizophrenia Society and our BC partner organizations. And I'm saying we, because this season, I'll be joined by a fabulous co-host. Melissa is no stranger to the BC Schizophrenia Society and has been working behind the scenes on this podcast for a long time. Melissa, over to you.
1: Hi, I'm Melissa McKenna. And yes, I'll be joining Phaedra this season as a co-host on Look Again. We'll be speaking with a wide range of amazing guests this season and sharing our own personal experiences supporting loved ones with schizophrenia to help you better understand the complexities of living with a serious mental illness. And today, we're looking at an increasingly relevant topic, social media.
0: Yes, that's right, Melissa, and I may be just a little bit older than you, but we are all surrounded by hashtags and selfies, so it's no surprise that social media platforms have become an integral part of all of our lives. In fact, according to recent research, approximately 89% of people in Canada use social media. From Facebook to Instagram to YouTube, these platforms connect people across the entire globe providing spaces for self-expression, community building, and yes, mental health support. And that's where today's guest comes in. Joining us from Wisconsin is Cody Green. Cody has not only gone through his own journey of being diagnosed with schizophrenia, but has also experienced incarceration and a substance use disorder. Cody has used the power of social media to shed light on the realities of living with a serious mental illness. With more than 1 million followers on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok, Cody has used his social media channels as an outlet to share his own experiences, to advocate, and to educate. Through his personal stories shared under the username Schizophrenic Hippie, Cody is helping to increase awareness and bring down stigma.
1: Hi Cody. Welcome to Look Again.
0: Thank
2: you guys so much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's so great to have you here, Cody. And now we understand that you were a caregiver for your mother who had schizoaffective disorder. So, how did watching and helping your mother affect your journey with schizophrenia?
2: It definitely made me more aware of the illness. I was very aware of the type of stigmas that surrounded schizophrenia before I ever developed symptoms simply because we lived in a small rural community. When my mom was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, I very quickly saw that people were not very educated about it and people had a lot of misconceptions about the illness. So years before I ever experienced symptoms, I got to see firsthand what that looked like from the role of a caregiver. So it definitely impacted not only how I learned about schizophrenia, but how I would eventually come to terms with my own illness too. Mm
0: -hmm. How old were you when your mother was diagnosed, Cody?
2: I was just getting into high school when my mom was officially diagnosed. She started having symptoms much earlier than that. She was misdiagnosed for several years before she got a proper diagnosis and before she was able to get treatment and medication that was actually for schizophrenia.
0: That certainly would not have been easy when you were trying to help your own mother and then you started to experience symptoms. Mm -hmm. So tell us about that journey, Cody.
2: Yeah, I actually had already gone off to college when my symptoms began, so my mom actually got to a point of stability where she was finally on the right medication, and I felt comfortable leaving and pursuing college, and it was in my first year of college that I had my psychotic break, and I started experiencing hallucinations, delusions, and paranoia, which led to me unfortunately dropping out, and which is what led to my substance abuse disorder, and eventually my incarceration as well.
0: Wow. You are a young man, Cody, and you've had quite a life so far. And I can only imagine what you've gone through. And I understand that one of the tools that you've used to cope is social media. So tell us a little bit about how you have used social media and how it's affected your life.
2: Yeah, it kind of was an accidental journey that I put myself on my wife had started sending me TikToks and I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't know why anyone would ever use this app. And then, <laughs> uh, I downloaded it just to watch the video she was sending me. And eventually I started finding content creators who were using the platform to really help educate people about different topics, whether it was politics or things that they were passionate about. And I decided to just upload a couple videos. It was supposed to be more of a self blog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, it was going to be more of a personal journal for myself just to show what I was living with at the time and recap stories from things I've experienced. So one of the first videos I did was called schizophrenic story time. And I just told a story mm-hmm. about an experience I had in college and I went to sleep with 300 followers and I woke up with over 10,000 followers. Wow. And so this video just kind of took off. And before I knew it, I was at a million followers on TikTok and I was being asked to come speak all over the country. And so I was just blown away by the amount of people who reached out that they had never known anyone with schizophrenia or they had a friend or family member with schizophrenia. And my story was helping them better understand their friend or loved one. And it became my full-time job now, social media and advocacy. So I was blown away with the amount of people that wanted me to continue representing schizophrenia and educating people about it. I know social media gets a lot of mixed emotions and there's definitely bad parts of social media, but I was really lucky to build a super supportive community and it's been pretty life-changing.
0: No kidding. That is incredible how much you've been able to grow the number of followers. And with that increase information and awareness about this illness so good for you for being able to do that Cody Mm -hmm. and as you touched on social media as we all know can do more harm than good when it comes to mental illness and yet you talked about it for you that it became a lifeline it allowed you to reach out so what would you say to people that do talk about the harm or the negative side of social media
2: Yeah. I think social media is a a lot what you give. Uh, (laughs) I think a lot of that can actually be avoided. I found that I don't engage with a lot of negativity. Um, I don't try to go looking for conflicts and arguments to get involved with. I put my content out. If there is negativity, I'm very quick to protect myself. I'm always going to focus on my mental health versus people trying to purposely affect me negatively. So I try to block people if it's someone that I can tell isn't willing to learn more about schizophrenia. Otherwise, I found the most effective tool is just to simply educate. A lot of the hate that comes from people online is because they're either not educated about a topic or they're in a very difficult place in their own journey. Mm. I've found a lot of people that come to my page are people that maybe newly diagnosed and frustrated because they see me doing really well. And I know what that's like. I've been there where you feel like you're stuck. And so I try to remember everyone who leaves negative comments is probably in a difficult place in their own journey or just simply needs more education on a certain topic. And once I figured that out, it became a lot easier to post and became a lot less about me and more about the people leaving the comments which gave me the freedom to continue posting and not feel like I was being targeted by people when in reality, I was realizing that everyone has their own issues. And a lot of that shows when there's the enmity that comes with being online.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Now, what has your mom said about your journey through the social
2: media world? She's amazing. She's not a tech savvy person. (laughs) So when I started, she was very skeptical. She's always been supportive. She's always been my number one fan. I think it just took her a while to figure out what I was actually doing on, (laughs) on social media. I think at first she was confused why I would share so much, you know, and basically I explained to her, I'm just like, When I was first diagnosed, the only person I knew with schizophrenia was her and she's amazing, but I felt really alone and social media, I started finding other advocates and I told her my goal with advocacy is to be the person I needed when I was first diagnosed be a voice outside of what I saw on the news and media or in movies and TV shows. I wanted to see a real person who is living a successful thriving life with schizophrenia and that's just not what's portrayed on news media and TV shows. So, I decided to be that person for other people who might be just starting their journey.
0: Well said. I love that, Cody. And I love the fact that your mom is your biggest fan and supports (laughs) you in doing this. And the fact that you can have very open and real conversations with your mom through whatever channel you happen to be on. Welcome back to Look Again, Mental Illness Reexamined. In this episode, we're talking to Cody Green about the benefits of using social media for mental health support and for community. In the spirit of this conversation, we've reached out on our social media channels to ask followers a few questions about mental health and social media. Let's take a listen now. I've learned two things about mental health on social media. And one is that there are people who are actively trying to raise awareness and educate people when it comes to mental health. And number two, a lot of them are very affirming of another person's experience. Let's say I'm having some kind of mental health issue and I see a post on TikTok and they're explaining about that and things you can do and how to seek help. And so those two things go hand in hand.
2: I think what social media, particularly short content, like what I consume on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or wherever else I get little bits of information, is really good at doing.
0: is shifting my perspective in an easy, interesting, digestible way. So for example, I now follow a lot of influencers that cover ADHD, that show you
2: real-life examples of how certain things like time blindness manifest. And what they do is help me open my mind and teach me something that I might not have encountered. Before, Since I've
0: been diagnosed, I joined this Facebook community who have the same diagnosis as I am and it has been helpful especially in the beginning because while the people in your real life are your support system, they don't really feel the same way that you do. In a way, meeting these people, it feels like acceptance because you relate to the same phases, the same problems, the same challenges. And there's also this aspect of comparing certain medications, like how it affects you, where to get them at a cheaper price, and recommendations for therapists who have
1: actually helped them.
0: Cody, I found those clips so interesting to hear from the perspective of individuals who either have a mental illness or have a loved one or a partner with mental illness. And it was really interesting to hear the idea of using social media to gain interest about a loved one. So what are your thoughts on that?
2: That's been the most common type of message I get from people. They'll reach out and say, I really appreciate your content because it helped me better understand my brother, uncle, dad, sibling who is living with schizophrenia. And I think that's the most rewarding part of what I do is knowing that if you don't know what schizophrenia is, it's probably pretty confusing. I remember when my mom first started showing symptoms and she wasn't diagnosed, it was just very unsettling. It was very confusing. I didn't know what to do. We didn't know how to help. And so knowing that my content might in some way help a person who is a caregiver or has a loved one with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder is part of the reason I continue to make content. And I know even in my own personal journey, I've learned a lot, not only about my own illness, but about other illnesses too. My wife is on the autism spectrum, and there's a lot I didn't know. So I find myself constantly learning things as well.
0: Yeah, another way we can use social media as a tool.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm willing to bet money I spend more time on social media than Phaedra. (laughs) Just Um, a little.
0: (laughs) I'm just a little bit older than you.
1: (laughs) And I've followed you, Cody, on your account for probably at least two years now. So, Oh, wow. uh, Thank you. Yeah, I feel like it's interesting meeting you now Um, because I've seen your content and it's been a really great resource to share, especially with our youth channels because a lot of our youth are kind of in that perspective of having a loved one with schizophrenia or another serious mental illness. So being able to share what you've created and I think the content that you've created is so approachable. And it's educational without being stuffy. It's hard to teach youth. It's hard to (laughs) engage with them and make them want to pay attention. So I think you've done a really amazing job of sharing content that shows the highs, shows the lows, teaches that you have a little bit of humor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just wanted to say you've done a really great job with that.
2: Thank you. Yeah. One of the awesome things about when my page started, I, I mean, this is a millennial and Gen Z thing, but I cope with humor for sure. And uh, I found that when I started incorporating that into some of my content, I did start getting a lot of younger followers and people who had never really learned a lot about schizophrenia. And the more I started doing humorous videos, I would get all these followers who would stick around and actually watch a lot of my educational content. And it's been unreal to see how many people in the younger generations care so much about mental health and mental illness because... My mom's generation and the generation before that, it was polar opposites, fighting just to be able to talk about these things.
1: Like I said, you do a really great job with your content. I think it's like that fine line of you don't want to be anyone to assume you're making fun of someone with an illness, mm-hmm. but you want to be approachable. And obviously, like you mentioned, Gen Z, younger audience, they really like the dark humor.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you
1: find that kind of hard to navigate? Just like what's appropriate versus not? Or
2: I think... The biggest thing is, I've told people a lot about how I deal with humor regarding schizophrenia because I recently even started doing stand up now. Basically, I like things that aren't misleading or in any way going to increase stigma. So when I make a joke about schizophrenia, I'm making sure that it's something based on my own lived experience and it's not always the funniest thing but i try to find a way to incorporate humor just not only to help people learn more about it but as a coping mechanism because that's how i've dealt with this journey through my mental illness I've always been okay with more of that dark humor. I just don't want it to be misleading. I don't want it to insinuate that people with schizophrenia are violent. There's also a whole realm of people who still believe schizophrenia is associated with DID or what used to be known as multiple personality disorder. So people will get upset when I comment like this joke sucks. And they're like, Oh, you're just too sensitive. I'm like, no, it, you're mm-hmm. talking about DID. It does. It has nothing to do with schizophrenia, even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like you said, it's a fine line.
1: You summed it up really well because it's not like somebody's diagnosis and experience with schizophrenia it doesn't follow a linear path where everyone hits certain milestones at certain points. It is such a up and down and unique experience to each individual. So your content won't always necessarily apply or be appreciated by every single person on the internet, but I think you've really carved out like a niche audience that clearly it's working and they're appreciating what you're putting out and they're learning from it.
2: Yeah. I have found even with my more serious content, I get that too though, where I have videos that I've taken of me having symptoms. I have a security camera at my house that I post footage from sometimes. And then I even have coping mechanism, a trick I learned for identifying hallucinations where I pull out my phone and record. And sometimes I'll post those videos and there are people who get upset. What I hear a lot is, oh, well, I have a brother with schizophrenia and he doesn't act this way. And it's, it's very hard to explain like, Hey, first of all, schizophrenia is also a spectrum disorder. So it's very different person to person, but also I'm medicated I've been going through treatment for almost 10 years now, so the coping mechanisms I use for checking for auditory and visual hallucinations, they won't work for everyone, especially someone who is maybe very delusional or so far into psychosis that they're experiencing disassociations. It's not going to be a one-size-fits-all. I'm just trying to show people what works for me.
1: Speaking of different coping mechanisms, can you tell us Maybe a little bit more about your smart glasses and how
2: you use those as well. Yeah, there's three main coping mechanisms I've been using the last couple of years to help me identify hallucinations. So because I am at the point where I'm pretty self-aware and my medication has been really effective for me. So I found a few different coping mechanisms. One is my phone that I had mentioned. I'll pull out my phone, use the camera to see if the person shows up on my phone. And if they don't, then I know they're not really there. The smart glasses were kind of an extension of that technique because pulling out my phone and sticking it in someone's face and finding out they are really there is a little embarrassing. Mm -hmm. So the idea of the glasses was um, with the touch of a button, I can record and then I can go back later and replay it on my phone. So it's really nice. It still has a bright light on it. So if someone is real, they do notice it, but they tend not to say anything, I think. But it's become helpful for that. There's a little bit of embarrassment and a little bit of anxiety that comes with realizing that I'm hallucinating in public. So this gives me the opportunity to get out of the situation I'm in and then replay it on my phone later. And then the other coping mechanism I have is I have a service dog for schizophrenia too. So she's trained to greet people as they come in, as I command her to, if there's no one there and I ask her to greet, she knows to sit down and look up at me so that I know that the person that I was talking to or the person I'm seeing isn't really there.
1: That's incredible. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that, but yeah, that's awesome.
2: It was something that was mentioned to me after I started advocacy and I had just gotten a new dog. And so we put her through all the training and everything. And so she helps with a few different things. One is Preventing self-harm. Sometimes when I'm having auditory hallucinations, I have a tendency to hit myself. And so she helps prevent that just by grounding. And then the identifying hallucinations are her main two tasks. And I don't really have her join me outside of the house. I usually have her just do those tasks in home, but she is trained to do that for me. And it's been extremely helpful. And once again, it's another thing I would have had no idea about without social media. Mm -hmm. I found out because of another schizophrenia advocate that that was an option.
0: I have to ask, what gives you the courage to be able to talk about your illness in such an open way and be able to use social media to your benefit, that is incredibly courageous in my opinion. And I'm just curious, how do you do it and why do you do it?
2: How I do it is more going to be about my overwhelming need to educate. When my mom was diagnosed, it was just so frustrating how people reacted. And then when I was diagnosed, I was so afraid to start telling people about it because of the experience she went through. But I slowly started finding out when I was telling people here and there, people were more accepting than they were 10, 15 years before Mm -hmm. that when my mom was diagnosed. So it was like, I just wanted to be able to live comfortably. At the time when I started social media, I was still working full time. I told everyone I worked with, managers, HR, the people who worked with me every day, because no matter how well I hit it, eventually they were going to see. It's not something I can permanently hide. It's something I live with every single day. And with medication and treatment, most days I don't think people would even know that I have schizophrenia. But mm-hmm. if you're around me long enough, it happens, you know. I still have auditory and hallucinations even with medication. I'm very thankful that it's not constant like it was before treatment, but it does still happen. I've been really fortunate my meds have worked well, but occasionally I have symptoms. So it just became if I wanted to be outgoing and live my life the way I wanted to people were going to have to know about my symptoms. And to start sharing it online, it it just became almost like a necessity for me to try to help people better understand my journey, my mom's journey. And then a lot of people with schizophrenia will never get the chance to tell people about what they've experienced. So mm-hmm. almost like being a voice for the voiceless, I feel like.
0: A voice for the voiceless. That is yeah. That is very powerful, Cody. And I just think it's incredible with what you're doing because it's something where we all know within society where if somebody has cancer, if somebody has MS, that they're very Mm -hmm. open about it now. And thank goodness that we've come a long way where people can feel a lot more comfortable sharing illnesses, but we still have a long way to go when it comes to severe and persistent mental illnesses. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what advice or tips do you have for people who want to use social media to get information about their own mental illness or to get information about their loved one?
2: Yeah, I would say it's definitely helpful if you follow certain hashtags. I follow schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder. I follow a lot of those hashtags so that I see a lot of that content. But it's also really important to remember that The videos you watch on social media need to be followed up with some sort of further in-depth education. I love that people watch my content, but when they do, I want them to remember that I am just a person living with mental illness. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist. Even some of the coping mechanisms I tell people about, I don't know scientifically why they work. I'm just telling people they work for me. Mm -hmm. I don't expect people to think I'm a one-stop all shop. Mm -hmm. I want them to see my content and further learn more, whether it's through organizations or individuals. There's so much information out there. And I think some people are way too quick to jump on the first video they see and take it as fact. I don't even want people to do that with my videos. I want them to look into things further. I just want my videos to be a starting point, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And I just want to follow up. I have a hard rule about medication on my page because what I don't want for my page is for me to say, this medication didn't work well for me Mm -hmm. and then have everyone with schizophrenia refuse to even try it because everyone's brain chemistry is very different. There's medications Mm -hmm. that haven't worked for me that worked very well for my mom and vice versa. If someone on social media is giving elaborate medical advice and they're not a doctor or psychiatrist, that should be a red flag.
1: Yeah. We're very careful. BC Schizophrenia Society, we share and we advocate for medication as a whole, but it's very individual and we are not physicians that are recommending to the families what medications they should be taking. So yeah, I think one of the videos you put out, it was somebody saying, oh, I've tried all the medications. None of them worked. Mm -hmm. And You did kind of like a math calculation of, well, actually, you have all the different combinations. There's all of these different things. It's not possible.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We broke it down and there's over 300, I think, antipsychotic options out there, both generic and Mm non-generic. And so that plus a lot of people with schizophrenia are on several, like Mm -hmm. at one point I was on several different types. And so if you count all of the types, all of the possible combinations, there's 0% chance you've tried everything. So medication is so important to talk about, and it's a tough conversation because everyone wants to know, what exactly are you on because it's working so well? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it is. But it also took years of working with different medications, swapping some in, changing dosage. It took several years to get me on the right med regimen that got me to the stability I'm at today. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, Cody, you've been through a lot And yet here you are today speaking very openly about your illness and your journey. What would you say to somebody who is at the start of their journey right now? Cody, what advice would you give
2: them? My first piece of advice is always remember that a schizophrenia diagnosis is not the end of your life. And I say that knowing that that's what I thought when I was diagnosed with the right treatment, medication, and the right help and support team, anything is possible. And I think that's so important to know because there was so many times I didn't want to keep fighting and I didn't want to keep going through this endless amount of work just to get some sort of stability. And if I had just known that, I think it would have made the fight a lot easier. You know, I was going off a presumption of, I'm doing all this work and it's not going to matter because this is a lifelong illness. And so knowing that life can go on and not just go on, but be amazing after a Mm -hmm. diagnosis is always, I think the most important thing to remember. And then also just communication is key, whether it's with your care team, whether it's with your friends and family, being able to talk about what you're going through will seriously help you so much.
0: Thank you, Cody. You have been an inspiration to me and I truly appreciate the time, everything that you're doing to be a voice for the voiceless and for using social media in such a positive way to increase awareness and to, as you said, a starting point to begin those very powerful conversations that we should all be having. So thank you for being a voice and thank you for joining us today.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for having me.
0: And if you want to hear more from Cody, not only can you check him out on all of his social media channels, but you can also find him hosting the second season of the Unseen and Unheard podcast, where he talks to other people living with schizophrenia. You can check it out anywhere you listen to podcasts. And a huge thank you to you, our audience, for joining us for this episode. Together, we can better understand and change the narrative around mental illnesses like schizophrenia. We hope you learned as much as we did today.
1: If you have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to reach out to us on social media at BC Schizophrenia or at BCSS Youth. To get our latest episodes, be sure to hit follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: And we'll be back with more thought-provoking discussions in our next episode. Until then, please remember to look out for one another and please reach out if you or a loved one are struggling. Talk to you soon.
2: This podcast is brought to you by the BC Schizophrenia Society and the BC Partners for Mental Health and Substance Use Information. We're a group of non-profit agencies providing good quality information to help individuals and families maintain or improve their mental well-being. The BC Partners members are Anxiety Canada, BC Schizophrenia Society, Canadian Institute for Substance Use Research, Canadian Mental Health Association's BC Division, Family Smart, Jesse's Legacy, the North Shore Family Services Program, and Mood Disorders Association of BC, a branch of Lookout Housing and Health Society. The BC partners are funded and stewarded by BC Mental Health and Substance Use Services, an agency of the Provincial Health Services Authority. For more information, visit heretohelp.bc.ca.